This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. From Flint to Philadelphia, from Hollywell to Hollywood. Rob Ryan Red is a brand new Wrexham AFC fans podcast by Nathan Salt and Richard Fay. Now, maybe you're well-versed in Wrexham history, or maybe you're new here, so here's a few things to jog your memory. Here is Vose. Great dribbling by Don Vose. And still, Vose, he gets past another! Oh, what a goal! Don Vose! One of the goals of the season! He has toyed with the defence there! And that is remarkable, the ball boys getting involved. Conor Jennings, the captain, Wrexham's top goal scorer, 13 for the season. 14! Wrexham lead! It's Wrexham 1! Chester Nail! It's McDonough for Wrexham! Still Jerry McDonough! It's Pat Currently! McDonough around the keeper! Wrexham! Wrexham! Need to the lead leaders! If yesterday was a Black Friday, but today is a Red Saturday! Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Rob Ryan Red Wrexham AFC podcast. I'm Rich Fay. I'm joined once again this week by Nathan Salt. Rich, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm not too bad. I was almost tempted to go for the let's get ready to rumble sort of intro then because <laughs> it's been a crazy, crazy week following Wrexham. Like I said, this one's a bit of a double header. We haven't recorded one since the Weymouth win at the re- weekend. We won 2-0. There's not much more to say. All about Eastleigh, Nathan and Mad that. That game had it all, didn't it? That was probably the most spirited performance I've seen under Dean Keats since his return to the club. Where do we begin? I, I mean, where do you begin with that one? I mean, I was texting you and a few others through the game, you know, so disappointed with how it started. Then we kind of rallied back. Then there was the debatable red card. Then the, everything was collapsing. And I thought, here we go. You know, we've been the form team of the division. It's just not going right now. You know, classic Wrexham, down on our luck. And um, I actually texted me and said, I really don't know how... I'm going to kind of break this down on the pod. I've no idea. But in the end, I mean, it was for me, it was just all about that that brawl at the end. And that kind of summarised for me, that encapsulated how we how well we fought on the night. You know, we really, we really would have. Uh, that's why I feel like I wish a crowd had been there for that. Just because of all the games that we've seen in the, in the lockdown and recently that that would have just been great. Kind of under the lights with a crowd. Can you imagine the paddock? 
be absolute, to, uh, be absolute chaos. Bench. Yeah, that that, the, the stewards chaos. had their work cut out for that one because yeah. I mean the the thing is it's the type of thing where if you've got the fans and you've got the Wrexham crowd on top of you, you know that's what can transform that from a point to a win. It really can. I remember similarly was the start of last season where we beat Halifax at home and we had ten men for a, a chunk of the game and Mark Harris scored and it was just us against the odds, you know. And it's because the crowd were willing to on it was you know tense and nervous, mm. but. Yeah, that one easily. You know, if you've got the crowd there, it would have it would have been a cauldron inside the race course. It it would have been nasty. It really would have been nasty. But there's something about playing Eastley as well. Just I mean, I watched their I watched um, their manager's interview this morning, um, and you know he was moaning about the officiating. I felt like it was you know incredibly ironic, given that they were given the red card. Which you know while we're, while we're on that subject, initially when I watched it, I did think if that's the other way, I do want that as a second yellow. When I watch it back, I mean, I don't really know what Keller is meant to do there. You know, he's he's going down as it is. He's, he's tripped over. He looks like he's trying to get himself out of the way. I mean, Dean's saying, please apply some common sense there. I mean, the referee, I just felt like, wasn't as consistent with his decision as he should be. The penalty, I have less complaints with um, against Carrington. I, I didn't really feel feel too bad about that one. But then on the flip side... Is Jamie record not pulled down at the other end? Yes, you know? Stonewall um, penalty. Stonewall so, penalty. So, we should have so had. For me, for me, for me, I don't want to. I mean, I don't know what I was expecting listening to an Eastley manager interview this morning. But you know, what what more do you want from the officials? I, I don't really understand what 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 Strevens was sort of saying there. But no, look, in, in, given the run we've been on, where Eastley are, the run we've got coming up, I don't think that's a bad point. You know, would I have accepted a point before the game? Probably not. But given how it played out, I mean, you know, just a nod of appreciation. I wanted to call this the Luke Young appreciation pod because I've just got so much love watching Luke Young. If he's not clearing it off the line, he's, you know, dictating the play. And if he's not doing that, he's scoring screamers from, he's assisting the second goal. I mean, just everything about his game at the minute just seems to be so, so refined and good. Um, he's just a player I love watching. And I don't know about you, but he, I wouldn't say he's underappreciated, but he can go, you know, kind of a little bit under the radar at times. I just think he's a, he's a brilliant player. Yeah. I mean, I think it's between him and Rhys Hall Johnson for player of the year already. Mm. In my eyes, I've got to give it to Hall Johnson. I think you've got to give it to Hall Johnson. You tweet, I think you tweeted last night that, you know, he's he's probably the best right back we've had since maybe since probably Obben, Kurt Sobben. You know, really, he's he's just so good in that wing back role, and I, I don't think he's bad defensively. I think he's just such a good outlet for us and record. I think this is the system we've got at the minute. If those two are fit and firing and are in form and confident, we're a, a real force out wide. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was Tom Lewis who tweeted and said, you know, best right back, right back since Obeng. I absolutely agree. And it's one of those, like, mini travesties of the season. Obviously, you've got to think about the wider context. OK, I'm not getting my violin out, but, you know, it's just a travesty that we've not been able to see him. You know, the Wrexham fans would love him because he gets bums off seats and he mm-hmm. just runs at players. And, you know, fair play to the club account. They used to tweet quality bootlegger videos. They've tweeted a class one today as well <laughs> from Reese Johnson. Larry uh, Spence. Yeah. yeah. You know, you just want to watch a player like that. You know, that's what fans want. I know it sounds like sort of man down the pub talk, but you just want to be entertained and you want a player who's going to run at it. The amount of times... We've been so frustrated in recent years watching crap wingers. And, and, you know, I know he's not a winger, he's a right back, but he plays like a a right winger at times. You're so annoyed when you see players go to the byline, 
cut back, run down blind alleys and fail to put crosses into the box and whatever. But Hall Johnson has just, he's been a breath of fresh air and he really has been like Obeng Mark too. So, you know, like you said, him and Young class apart the season for me. Really impressed with both of them. I, th- I think it's a Hall Johnson's goal. You, you can't be underestimated how important that was and the time that it arrived, you know, because... I felt like had they gone in easily with the lead, it would have just. It, Crichton was Mark Crichton was saying on commentary just about how important it was that we got that goal, and obviously, you, you know, you know from watching a lot of football matches that you don't really want to give a team that time to reset and, and maybe recalibrate their approach. Ex, you know, kind of. I know they didn't have the extra man at that point, but just it's the psychological uh, boost, yeah, isn't it? I mean, when you go into yeah. a match, you. Most managers nowadays, they manage them in chunks of games. So for Eastleigh last night, it would have been the first 15, you know, just make sure you're not behind. You know, they've got the other goal themselves mm-hmm. and they they set us on the back foot. And then the next 30 minutes is just take everything out of the game. Just try catchers on the break, try nullifiers and head up to half time then when they know they've their energy levels have dropped a bit and sapped. Their game plan was just nullify Wrexham really just kill us off, going 1-0 at the break, and then you can have some words at half-time about how you going to change it. So that goal from Hull Johnson absolutely turned the game on its head. And it was a bloody just kick up the arse for everyone. It gave it us, was. you know, it gave us it the was. incentive to say, we're still in this. We we can still get something from this. You know, stop giving them the respect that we've been giving them. And from Eastley's point of view, it, I think it shocked them, rattled them a bit, because mm-hmm. they'd been so comfortable, and out of nowhere we were level. And, yeah, if you read through our WhatsApp chat last night when the game was going on, you would have... Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, the, the mood rapidly changed. And, it did, to, it and, did. And, you know, the, the truth is as well, literally as I was like watching the game, I was I was writing a tweet which was going to criticise the team selection again. I was about to say, why has Davis been dropped after his best three games? Why yeah. is Jarvis on the bench? And then Hall Johnson comes out of nowhere, draws his level quickly delete tweet and tweet about him instead but you know I'm happy to eat my words and that's what Keats is making us do going back to our kind of whatsapp conversation and just sharing that with with the listeners that first goal you know as much as it was a good hit and I didn't think it was a good strike when you watch it back do you not think that you know I'm not calling necessarily for Dibble to come out of the side but I'm very confused now to come up with any other explanation other than that Dean is sticking with with Dibs and is keeping faith in him because uh, Lainton's been, ben- been on the bench now for three games. Now, like, how unfit is he? You know, is he 50% still? Like, ultimately, he's never going to get much fitter without games. I don't really I guess the, the thing is, that to be like devil's advocate, like, let's get this nail on the head. I want Leighton to start every week. I think Dibs has done well. He's always been a good deputy, but that's all he is. He's not first choice. He's not good enough to be first choice, and that's... Not a criticism of him per se. It's just Leighton is a class above him. You know, he's a football league mm. goalkeeper. We've seen that. He needs that. He needs that run of games again because he's a difference maker. And he's, to me, you know, it's, it's a debate for another day. But he's one of my favourite shot stoppers we've had since we've been in the non-league. I really rate Leighton high. Um, I guess maybe the argument the other way is that you know Dibble he, he's repaid the faith in Dibble. And the other argument is if Leighton isn't a hundred percent fit then maybe he's only on the bench because Keats was scared in that Sutton game where Dibble got injured and he didn't have the sub-keeper. And I know we've spoken again about the five-sub rule and how most of the time you don't need to use a sub-keeper. But, you know, Devil's Advocate is maybe that he isn't quite fully fit. Or maybe as well, the argument is now that, you know, Dibble has repaid some faith in Keats with some decent saves and some big saves in these games. So it's until he makes an absolute cock-up, he's got the place for himself. 
I, 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 look, I'm, I can fully support that, that position. But at the same time, I think that he has made a number of mistakes in some of the games and we've just got away with it. Yeah, we've I mean, come away with a Keith, point said, or we, Keith said the goal against Eastleigh, he said it took a deflection off Young's head, which I didn't see at the time, but Keith is adamant it wasn't quite Dibble's fault. I know there's a bit of debate on social media as well after, wasn't there? Like, is the keeper to blame or not? Um, mm, it looks, I, it looked quite. Sure. Initially, initially, I was thinking it's just a good strike. Um, and you know, I'm very I, much I, of the thought... other spectrum though. Every goal Wrexham score, I rank it one or two extra out of ten, and every goal we concede, <laughs> I knock it down a few pegs. I just, yeah, it's my bias. I mean, he, I mean, he played well. I know, I know the second goal, the lad at Eastley, Tom Winston. Um, he, he, I thought he, he was, he was good. And and you know what, that first half, the, the big thing that concerned me about that first half was the way that without a crowd there, that's what gets me. You know, under the lights at the race course, given the form we'd have been on, we'd have had a good crowd there. Say you're looking at four and a half, maybe five thousand, um, and you know with everything that's going on with the takeover and the new CEO and just the feel good factor around there, you know the new advertising boardings coming in, um, the new coffee machine as we've already said, um, you know there would have been a good crowd there. I felt like Eastley just sort of came, they'd had their long trip to Hartlepool, they'd come out of there with a point, and they were just knocking it around like they were the home team. They were just sort of like spraying the ball about. With, with with relative ease, they scored the first goal. I thought they were worth, they deserved that, and it wasn't really. I didn't think until we went down to ten that we really got a grip of the game. Uh, I don't know what you think. I, I thought once we went down to ten, and I, you know what, it we were far me? better. But it reminded me of I think it was the season last season or the season before last. We kept coming up against teams that were down to ten men. I don't know what it was, but almost every week somebody was getting sent off against us, and we just couldn't break them down. Yeah. I remember watching games and I'd be like, it'd be like Bromley or someone like that, and they'd go down to 10 and they'd nick a goal and we'd lose 2 1. Well, I guess and I just the... think, Yeah, I just remember thinking, like, what? how are we worse with 11 than they are with 10? But I think last night we didn't really change the shape. We just kind of went with, I think, with the back four then, and we just kind of like lost, you know, obviously one of the wing backs kind of slotted in. I thought we looked good. Yeah, I thought we looked classy. I mean, I guess that's down to psychology again as well, isn't it? And when you go down to 10 men, your game plan does become a, a lot simpler. I'm not saying it's easier by any means, but, you know, it becomes simpler because there's no expectation for you to then go and break break a team down. And I guess maybe it lulls easily into a false sense of security. They've, you know, they, they, they feel they should win by their given right. And, you know, I guess maybe that's, that's what we played upon there. But I think... You can go into those sort of nitty gritty. Say it could have been this, it could have been that. I think at the end of the day, you just got to say the players played absolutely fantastic. They played for the shirt. They, you know, it, they did everything you, the fans want to see from them. And the, the thing is, you know, at full time, like you said, and we had the future last week. What's the point? Uh, is it a good point? Is it a bad point? Before the match, I wouldn't be happy with a draw against Eastley because come on, lads, it's Eastley. You know, Eastley. Yeah. Who are they? And then, like, by full time, I was bloody proud. And one of the yeah. most proud I've been of Rex in recent years because the performance was class. The players, you know, played their hearts out. They played for the badge on the front. And, yeah, that's what I want from a Wrexham team. I want that fight. I want that passion. And I know it's cliche. And like we say, it's just sim- the simple things you ask for that we don't always get. But when, when you see them demonstrated like that, you just, to a man, they were absolutely class. And I think going forward as well, that's a huge psychological boost for this set of lads. Because we played some good football this season and not won, but that was almost the polar opposite where we we played crap for the first half. It's absolute write off, but we still got something from the game and we improved and went down to ten men, which is perverse. But I, I don't care. 
It, it, it got me when you just sort of you saw Elliot Durrell with the brawl. That just was all I was you know, kind of focused on after the game. Yeah, so let, let's delighted. break it down to the brawl, I guess, yeah. Nath, because there could be two or three listeners who don't actually know what happened. Okay, Do you so, want to give us a summary of what happened? Right, in so, a... so the game, the, I, I felt like the game had a bit of an edge to it right from the off. I felt like, you know, we've got a bit of history with Eastleigh. Lost them in the playoff, eliminated Lost them in the playoff not that long ago. Um, and, and so there was a bit of history there, and we've always kind of had some, you know, obviously early this season, there was the incident where, uh, you know, Keats was very kind of, animated one of the best presses i've seen actually from dean really furious with the officiating and so there's always going to be a bit of bite to it and there was there was, i thought jay harris was almost the guy that would be sent off i didn't have it down as kelleher but i thought early on when jay had had his kind of running with one of their players i forget which one it was i think it might have been house or something like that um harris i thought he is well up for this and like it's the perfect game i know you were disappointed about davis coming out but I thought, you know what, this is going to be one of those scrappy games where we're going to have to leave a foot in and, you know, just kind of get in there. Anyway, that so that, that kind of set the tone early on for me. The brawl, from what I've seen, I've watched it multiple times now. It's our throw-in. The Eastley player's got the ball. Um, sort of, He sort of takes off Andy Davis. Dean then tries to go and get the ball back um, off the Eastley player. He, he can't get the ball back. It's our own throwing as well. You know. It's our throwing. He can't, Dean somehow can't get the ball back. He's obviously the shorter of the two men. Um, next thing you know, there's kind of words are being exchanged. Dean is face to face, really, head to head with with the player. I, I forgot the player's name now. I can't think who it was. He, he's head to head with him. Insert any swear next, word you want to, yeah, to describe mean, him, basically. You know, they're, they're having a very colourful conversation, let's say. Uh, next thing you know, the Eastie player extends his head into Dean. I mean, it's not Zidane against Matarazzi, but it's... It's confrontational, you know, isn't it? And it's, it's, got, it's, it's At the end of the day, in the, in, I hate this saying the phrase of the letters of the law, but I mean, it, he's, he's extended his head. He's moved his head towards Dean. You it's one of those doing. cliches, isn't it, Nathan? It, as a commentator or whatever, you've got to say, we absolutely hate to see it, but as a fan, you're like, God, I bloody love this. Oh, I would have, you know, I've started to sit in the paddock more and more. I move around when I sit at Rex, and usually I'm anywhere in the Yale stand. It used to be up near the top where the press box was, and I've moved around. But now in the paddock, I would have loved it to have been there under the lights, just to have seen the two benches going at it. You know what got me? So Dean and the player now come to, essentially they're coming to blows, so to speak, piling on players, and players are coming from everywhere. Next thing you know, you see, you're trying to make sense of it watching on the stream. Elliot Durrell comes flying down the seats like, like a fan. That was unbelievable. And you've got, what I think went under the radar, Rich, was that you had Strevens, the, the Eastley manager. He sort of grabs Dean from the side. Yeah, there's, a, really there's like a screen grab of it I've seen online. And... I've, seen, I've seen the screen grab in the rounds on Twitter. I actually missed that. Um, and, you know, I saw a, another funny tweet from Crichton saying that he thought about just taking his headphones off and getting involved. I don't think Eastley would have been uh, too pleased about that. But, uh, no, I, I don't understand how Dean can be sent off and no one else is punished for that. I'm, I'm baffled by that. How much that's... It reminds me of like when um, Wright got sent off at Barnet for getting punched by Edgar David. It's like, we're <laughs> so was... clearly the victim here and I yeah, just don't know was... what's happened. I just found it bizarre. I just found the whole thing very enjoyable, but very bizarre. Yeah, it's like, um, like I said, it was one of those things that you're not meant to enjoy, but we all loved it. Um, yeah. But it's the passion and the fight that it showed as yeah, well. But I'm it, still don't. We, yeah. yeah, all we want is just all we want as fans. You know, we said this every. All we want is a is a bit of effort. You know what I mean? Just kind of like really give it a go, and that's why I 
weekly eat a large slice of humble pie about Kwame Thomas. Because I said to you in the pre-season, I said, we're not going to go up with Kwame Thomas as our main centre-forward. It's just not going to happen. If you look at his sort of goals return over his career, it's not good. Um, and so, you know, I'm very critical of almost every striker we sign because I'm like, that guy's not going to go and get us. It, mark your bingo card, 20 goals a season. Um, and so I looked at it and I was like, Kwame's barely got kind of 20 goals in his career, and in mind, per season at any club he's been at. But you know what? He works damn hard every game. And he is the type of player that, as if you're if you're there at the race course as a supporter, you can get behind him. You know, Dior Angus is, is is a nice player. He's pacey, but look, Kwame puts himself about, and I think is is very much what this league's about. Yeah, workmanlike in attack, put yourself and look, he can finish. He can he can finish. I mean, some of his That's, goals. That second goal was tackles, absolutely but, class, though. I was I so mean, happy with that. I mean, we talk about goals in the build up. His yeah. touch in the build up is 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 absolutely phenomenal. I think that makes the goal. Yeah, the ball's great from Young, but his touch in that is just unbelievable. And the thing is, you talk about goal of the season, etc., and you always say it's going to be the one where he's slashed it in from 30 yards or whatever, but that is the type of goal for me, which is like goal of the season, because it's hard work, it's endeavour, it's Kwame Thomas with a beautiful touch, it's the the tenacity, that workmanlike ethic, the link-up play, and then just the predatory finish that you just don't have, and... The thing what I love about Kwame is he scores the goals that you might say, oh, they were simple. But we never have a player who does that. The amount of times we put balls into the box or you get it in a dangerous area, but you just don't have the striker to make a chance out of something like that. Um, yeah, feeds off scraps quite a lot. And yeah, he's proven a lot of us wrong. And I'm, I'm probably in the same camp as you that I didn't think he was going to be the man that we could rely upon up top. He's already proven me wrong a hell of a lot. And Long may it continue because I, I'm loving it. He's a really it. good talker as well. He's a really good talker as well, Rich. I mean, he spoke at the end on the stream and, you know, you can just see that I feel like, I don't want to say he, he's playing with a chip on his shoulder. That's that's a kind of easy throwaway comment. But I feel like he does play like a player with something to prove or, you know, he's not where, he's not at the level he wants to be. And that's what you want. You want a Wrexham squad with all yeah. respect full of players that want to reach a higher level. Either with us or with somebody else, because then we, we, we'll we'll get top level talent. What we don't want is players that either we've made it, they've made it with us, or or they're just going through the motions. They're on the come down, you know, they're dropping out of leagues um, and dropping down to us. I feel like there's enough players in that squad. I mean, you could go through it. Lainton should be at a higher level. Hall Johnson should be at a higher level. For me, Kelleher and Vassell, there's no reason why they couldn't be playing higher up. Um, Jamie record, you know, the, the look of the nose strip continues. Um, you know, there's loads of players in there. Jordan Davis should be playing at a high level. I mean, really, Dior Angus can find his shooting boots, got all the attributes to playing at a high level. So there's a lot to like about the Wrexham team right now. You know, we went through that period where the, the animosity towards Dean had almost reached fever pitch. I think now, based on last night, I think the tide is really turning quite yeah. considerably, again, you know, in favour of Dean. I know people say fickle, but I feel like it's not just the minority that are, that are flitting one way or the other. I think there's a large majority now that are saying, you know what, where we were, where we are, you know, we're right in the mix. I mean, you know, they said on the stream last night, is the is the is the top spot there? We we floated the idea last week, and you know, when the results came through last night, Hartlepool dropping points at Kings Lynn. Stockport got that late win, but you think Torquay got hammered. I mean, they're on the yeah. side. We play them soon. They got you, hammered away. The thing there. again that comes out, Nate. I'm not compl- You know, you, we can't we can't pretend this Wrexham team's better than it is because 
there's obviously issues with it and there's obviously sure, much room for improvement. Sure. But the thing is, the, the quality in the league isn't there. It's a crap league. You know, it is. you've only it got is one of the worst we've I, seen. I know consistency is that buzzword that we all go for, but if a team puts that stride along now and gets that consistency, there's no reason why it can't be us. And I can't remember the exact stats of it, but I remember so vividly that Daryl Clark Bristol Rovers team. They were like yeah. bottom half for the first half the season they were crap they the fans were all furious the bristol rose fans because they said how are we at this level how are we so crap at this level but then they just found consistency they made a run for playoffs and they won the playoff final against grimsby on pens but it's because they had that late end of season surge and you know the thing is in the next few weeks we're gonna lose a game in probably quite controversial manner or whatever and the fans will be pissed off again but mm. you've got to then take a step back, look at the wider picture, because there has been steady progress. And, you know, the thing is now, if we don't get a playoff spot, that really is a bad season. But I'll mm, just be happy that, for that any, anywhere now. Anywhere I'd be happy with, to be honest. I'm yeah, not going to... In the playoffs, any, anywhere outside the playoffs is a failure now. We can't yeah. make, no, make no bones about it, you know, where we are. I know, I think, to be honest, not playing this week is 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 almost a good thing because it gives us you know gives us chance gives the players chance to kind of recuperate a bit we were starting to look quite tired in recent games i know we've got away with it and we played well but they need a break and i think as well we need teams now to play their other games because it's it's bothering me particularly it might not be bothering other people but it's bothering me now that we've played a few games more and i can't really figure out where we are in the no, table i know we you know i was going I, to tweet last night that we're in a false position but i don't want to get um Hate but we might not because, be, you know. We yeah, might but not be. and the thing is, we're not in a false position because we have got the points that we've got, yeah, and we exactly, we do deserve exactly. to be in the mix. But the thing is that if every team is playing the same amount of games, we might well be sixth or seventh or so. So I mean, I look uh, at the table. I look at the table now. You look at Sutton. Okay, Sutton looked good. Like, let's not kid ourselves. Kind of unbeaten in the last five. But we battered them. Yeah, home. but look, they've played. They've played three games less than us, mm. and and have nine more points than us. So you know. The false position could be they could lose those three games, and we're, we're right there. They could win those three games, and and then there's there's real distance there. Yeah, you look at Hart- Hartley. You look at Hartlepool. You got Hartlepool level games. They're three games, three points ahead of us. Level games. I mean, that's right there. You look at Torquay. Two games less than us. They're third. They're a point ahead of us. They've won once in the last five games. I mean, and we play them soon. So one of those games will will become redundant. Yeah. Um, so you know, Stockport there, two games below us. Halifax, two games less than us. I mean, Notts County, four games less than us, and they're five points behind. For me, that's worrying because you know that makes me think that maybe we are we're over. You know, we're elevated or we're we're kind of it's amplified, yeah, isn't it? Where form, we are at the yeah, moment. We're not in the we're not in we're, a position, we're a playoff. We're a playoff side, but we're not one of the top three or four at the moment. I think that's maybe what. Yeah we can get carried away with. But like like you said, we've got the points on the board. They haven't. It's all ifs and buts it's, at the moment, and they've so, got to do it. It is but, so much ifs, buts, maybes. It's really, really difficult at the moment. Yeah, but the problem is that a hell of a lot of our games in the next run of, of fixtures are against the top half teams. We've got a decent record against them this season. It's not anything spectacular, but, you know, like we said, that win against Sutton, we've, we, we've, we've had some okay results against the other teams around us as well, but we've got to start turning those into wins. And that's not only for now, but that's in case you get into a playoff situation. You need to be going into that thinking we can beat any of these teams. And I still think that's maybe the the next hurdle we've got to prove. I just want to see us grind out a horrible win against a, a team around us now. 
Okay, well, we'll take a moment, Rich, just to plug our last episode, which was uh, our interview with Adrian Chislovich. It went down really well. We're really grateful for, for all the shares and support on that, all the likes. Um, it's been our best episode so far. I'm sure, I'm sure Rich will agree. He was really interesting, spoke openly about not getting paid, the Brighton goal, um, dif- you know, differences of opinion in terms of starting and, and being on the bench and kind of why he feels he left at the wrong time. So that's available now on all platforms. We're now also on Apple Podcasts, so you can get us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean and Spotify. Rob Ryan Red on all those platforms. Um, and we really appreciate the support. We've also got a Twitter account, at Rob Ryan Red. And we've also got our email address if you'd like to email us uh, for the show, which is robryanred at gmail.com. You got anything to say on the Chislovich interview, Rich? I thought it was really interesting. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, one of the players who I really enjoyed watching growing up. I got some of my facts wrong. I got some of my years wrong. I was absolutely <laughs> loving it, though. Um, lovely, lovely man to speak to. Um, like I said, we want to get the production value of these podcasts up. Um, we're hoping that this one should have jingles on it. If it doesn't, the next one will, we promise you. Um, we're working on it. We are we're working, working on it. Rich. But what we did with that Chiz one, it was just raw content. We spoke mm. to him, top and tailed it, and I just released it. And that was it, really. And that was, you know, there was nothing hidden. There was no questions that we had to cut out or anything. Not that was just, no just Chislovich. Ed- no yeah, there was no yeah. editing out raw. Just it was, uh, as, as you can it. tell. But yeah, um, yeah, like we said, really in the next good. few weeks, we want to try bring you more of those we've already had a good uh, sort of suggestions from you of course if there's anyone else you'd like to hear from please do let us know like i said that twitter handle um rob ryan red's still the best to, to get us on in terms of that we want to speak to ex-players maybe some who are from 20 30 years ago some who are from five or six years ago we want to speak to some key figures at the club and um you know some of the fans heroes as well you don't just have to have played for Wrexham to to be an interesting story so we want to try bring you all then but like we said the, the way that you can help us is to spread the word yourself whenever you can. Give us a like, give us a retweet. It really does mean a lot. And yeah, just get involved in any of the debate on the Rob Ryan Red Twitter handle. And yeah, we'll take it from there. But thanks for sticking with us so far. We know it's a bit rusty. It's like Rex we're, and we start yeah, slow, but we're getting we'll there. We'll start slow. Right, here's a question for you, Rich. We've, we've spoken a lot about what's going on on the pitch. A bit of off the pitch since we last spoke. We've got a new CEO, Fleur Robinson. Comes highly regarded. I think that went down a treat and before you you jump in on that and we've also had ryan reynolds our co-owner has been on uh uk tv learning some welsh um now your welsh is probably better than mine now but what did you make of what did you make of him you know i thought that was very enjoyable content i put that out on the twitter on our twitter and yeah and fleur you know there's a lot of excitement about her appointment i i thought it's you know it's it's a really good appointment. I mean, she's dropping down from Burton. She's obviously been at Burton a long time, seeing them go all the way up to the championship. So, it it says a lot that Wrexham can now become this place where people want to drop down to go back up. If that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we've had so many of our players poached from football league teams. It's good to get a bit of revenge in it. And I think we might have to change the the name of the podcast to the Rob Ryan Humphrey and Fleur podcast because <laughs> yeah. you know they're the two on the ground. They're the two who are going to see us sort of day to day how we go on. But I think it it speaks wonders. You know, I mean, inside the game and Fleur's really highly respected for everything she's done. You know, she's a pioneer, but she's also she got a great reputation because she's great at her job and the, the proof is in the pud- pudding with you know Burton were at our level when we got relegated to the National League the first time and they went up to the championship they, they're a steady football league club and they've not only built themselves as a football club but as sort of a community 
project as well. And, you know, she said herself that Wrexham have a lot of similarities with, with Burton in terms of the, the fan base, etc. And, and the, the sort of community aspects of it. Of course, we're Wrexham, we're bloody massive, aren't we? So we're bigger than Burton, we already know that. So why wouldn't she want to come join us? But it's just great. And it's proof, you know, that what we're doing is, you know, it's not just splashing all your cash on some washed up League One player do you know what I mean? Just to try mm. prove a point that oh we've got loads of money, but you know I know that before the takeover happened, there were some members behind the scenes who wanted to know more about Man City's model when Man City got taken over because I'm not saying it's the same sort of uh, scale as that, but no, what no. what what needs to happen now is it's it being seen as not just Robin Ryan and Humphrey said it himself. You know, it's 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 be, it's not a case of just buying the best players and getting a new manager in and suddenly you're you've got a given right to be in league one but it's by gradually building the infrastructure and making everything around the club to a high enough level that you know you just naturally do get better as a football club both on and off the pitch and it, you know that like i said there were conversations held and i i privy to to some some information on that i'm not gonna pretend i know loads about it but that there were people who, who were investigating how man city sort of grew as a, as a big club and how they not only uh, sort of develop the playing side of things, but the whole community and you know the whole Eastlands in Manchester. It's it's all been made into the big city academy now, and it's it's not just about what happens on the pitch. It's about that longevity. And you know we never want to think of a world without Robin Ryan, do we? But if one day they do, you know, decide to move on or an opportunity comes to sell, it's so that. No matter what happens going forward, we're going to have that sustainability and that infrastructure is in place. And Fleur's a big part of that. And the fact that she herself was happy to drop down to the National League shows her trust in the project as well. I mean, players come and go, as we've seen. I mean, we've got a, we've got such a huge turnover of players. Managers come and go, but fans don't and communities don't. And so it's people like Fleur and Humphrey that will, you'd hope, build that infrastructure keep you know keep the women's team at the front of our thoughts and keep the the disabled the disabled supporters association pardon me you know young carers you know i i did laugh at the uh, one particular tweet from the Wrexham way I'll, I'll give them a shout out because it made me laugh um they were tweeting about you know dean had paid a hundred pound for young carers to watch him brawl with the eastley bench that made me laugh yeah and that um, Mourinho-esque stare from inside the tunnel is yeah. absolute trademark but yeah that, you, that was you've, you've hit that the nail on the head because before robin ryan came in we were already a hollywood club for what we're doing off the pitch you know we're 100%. so inclusive we're such a bloody great club with great people at the heart of it and you know when i was at the club for three or four seasons and i was doing some voluntary work or whatever everyone at the club was there because they loved the club and there's been people who've come and go and I know there's other members of the WST and stuff who've been criticised on social media and stuff. I know it all got a bit catty and it got a bit tense at times, but the thing is this, we're so lucky to have who we've had in the past working with us and we're going to be blessed to have people like Fleur as well going forward and, yeah, can't wait to see what happens. And The good I'm, times are coming, as they say. Yeah, yeah they are and, yeah, I, I can't wait, cannot wait to see what happens and, I'm really wasn't expecting that appointment at all. I was expecting, I don't know, what I was expecting really. I wasn't expecting something no, I, to. I, I, sort I don't of... know. They they kept it really well uh, under wraps, to be honest. I mean, I know that Peter Moore was heavily involved in in the process. I know that Sean Harvey, formerly of the Football League EFL, 
he was heavily involved in the recruitment process. And, and from what I heard, that, that you know, there were a number of really, really good applicants. But, you know, when, when the pitches were made, it was as much about what can you do to overhaul the playing side of things, the football side, as well as the community. And if not more in the community. Because yeah, because I think any... No, any CEO worth their weight can overhaul a football side. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to maybe get into this too detailed, or whatever. But you've got a big budget, you've got a huge fan base, you've got Hollywood investment behind you. In, in terms of the actual playing side of things, that should almost take care of itself. It should be quite straightforward in a way because as fans, we know what's needed. We need to sign the right sort of players and to be able to keep hold of people like Hall, Johnson, and Young who might be poached by League Two clubs next in the summer or whatever. But we can keep hold of them now. But it's what you can do off the pitch, and that's what sets Fleur apart from everyone else, I think. Yeah, I mean, I'm just really excited to see how it plays out. I know she's not coming until the end of the season, June 1st, so maybe she'll be more of a season two on Netflix. To you know, I'd, I'd love to see behind the scenes if you know we get more than one season. I'm sure we will on on Netflix. You know exactly how how things are being run, and I really hope that. People like I know Humphrey's got his column in the leader. That that's been an absolute masterstroke, I think. And I know that Fleur, you know, will be heavily involved in the community project, the disability projects, and the young carers and all things like that. Uh, ultimately, that's what will what that's what will stick around when players move on and and when managers move on. Because, like you said about Man City, if you put the infrastructure in place, good things will follow that. The the difficulty is that the infrastructure takes time to yeah. get in. And, and we, obviously, and people, I'm not... want instant, you know, people want instant success. I want instant success. I'd love us to go up this year, even if, you know, we've already said this in, in a previous pod, that even if we can't be there, I'd love us to go up, obviously. But, you know, really, we've been here so long now that let's just get the house in order. Let's do it up nice. Let's get it, you know, let's, let's paint the seats while we're at it as well. I'm tired of looking at these kind of faded red seats. But that's a, that's a discussion for another day, Rich. That's, that's a, a gripe for another day. Yeah, I mean, we haven't got a game next week, so maybe our Rex and wish list might be a podcast to come maybe, in, in maybe. the next few weeks. But yeah, and I, b- before anyone asks, we aren't gonna be like an Abu Dhabi run consultant. We ain't, we ain't no, city, shame. but um, but you know, it's the Brighton model, it's the Bournemouth model. That's what we're yeah. going for. We're going for sustainability and gradual progress and they uh, consistency. And they've worked. Yeah, they they've worked. reached the yeah. the heady heights of the Premier League. So why not us? You know. As, as as Rob tweeted himself, why not Wrexham? Yeah. That's why. Why not Wrexham? Right, Rich, you've it's your turn for Blast from the Racecourse Past. Yes, it I, is. I went too I went too easy last week when I um for those who listened to that and I went with Simon Hesloff. I think I just went way too easy. I, I batted straight into your ballpark of when you were kind of you were at the club right when Simon was there? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I was I, the. I feel uh, like I, I threw a song years, yeah. But yeah, yeah, you know, we want to try and make this part, uh, this part of the podcast a bit more inclusive for you at home as well. Try cut out some of the oven ganaring and us being a bit mindless. But uh, this week we're going for, you know, ten years prior to the Simon Heslop era, and I'm looking back uh, when you know Wrexham were a football league club. Oh, Those wow. were the days. Those were the days. Yeah, this is a player who played for Wrexham in 2006. Maybe the clue in the question is that he was only with us for 2006. He played half a season at Wrexham. Uh, a former striker, um, started his career off at Liverpool, where he did make senior appearances before going to Crew Alexandra and Sheffield United and Berry on loan. He then made that uh, loan move at Berry permanent before joining Huddersfield Town, went on loan to York, went back to Berry. And I went to Kidderminster on loan, and then he joined Wrexham on a permanent transfer, but he was gone. He joined in 2006, and 
by the end of the season, he was playing for Southport. Uh, went on to play for Morecambe, Greenock Morton, Burton on Albion on loan, Norfolk Victoria, Colwyn Bay, and then Warrington Town. And he even managed Colwyn Bay as well. Um, in his youth career, when he was at Liverpool, he was known for his lightning pace. At least that's what Wikipedia says anyway. So this striker, um, 42 years old now, he was a maybe a failed wonder kid of Liverpool. Um, do you have you've any idea? Me, you've thrown me now because when you said when you said manager of Colin Bay, a good friend of mine, Jasmine, lives that way. And so I've been out there. And I was thinking Frank Sinclair. Um, but that is later. I think he was with us. I think he did only... I mean, when was he with us? He was with us around that time, eight, nine, ten, something like yeah. that. Um, okay, it's not Frank Sinclair. No. I need some of the clues again. I was thinking... I mean, I'm trying to think of the team, like a Lee McEverly, that kind of era. Um, um, he was from Liverpool, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean... Well, I'm going to read one extract from his Wikipedia page. Oh, okay, um, no, that's what I needed. So, here, here we go then. Blank won the first senior medal of his career... As Burton Albion won the Conference National despite defeat to Torquay in April 2009. Um, Where's the other good stat? Um, a strange t- statistical anomaly makes weird reading. Blank has been lowed out seven times in his career, yet failed to score at six of those clubs. So he was a striker who didn't really score goals. Um, like I said, he joined us in the summer of 06. I think he was released in the December of 06. And they, then he joined Southport. Do you have any idea whatsoever at home? Do you have any idea? Maybe pause the pod and tweet us now if you think you've got it. Uh, Rich, I really am. I'm coming up. I'm thinking of that time. So I was one of my best days a Wrexham fan was when I was a mascot in uh, that was April '05. So I'm thinking this player. So this is a year and a half later. Yes, but the, what from so the golden era of, like, of salt. So I'm thinking of like the golden era of like Ugarte and people like that. But it's not that. But I'm thinking, I only can people think of that time like uh, Michael Proctor or kind of... You're in, you're in a good ballpark. Am I, am I in that ballpark, like I, Neil Roberts, that kind of I ballpark? think the issue is I've not only gone retro, but I've gone retro slash niche. So, um, okay, yeah. well, I, I, I need one more. There's, can you repeat some of the clues? So he, he's 42 years old now, started his 42. career at Liverpool. Um, had seven loan spells in which he failed to score at six of those clubs, joined Wrexham in the summer of 2006 and was released in December of 2006, played 11 times for the club, didn't score a single goal. He was eventually promoted from the conference while on loan at Burton Albion. I'm going to be honest, Rich, I'm going to have to wave the... the, I'm going to have to throw the towel and wave the white flag, whatever you call it. My last guess would have been... From that kind of era, I don't know Mark Williams, but it's not niche enough. Um, no. Who have you gone with? I don't know. I, I honestly thought he was kind of uh, Frank Sinclair until you told me the age. Uh, I went for John Newby, aka Newbs, uh, yeah, yeah. who hey. is yeah. He he was a very <laughs> a tough one. Um, that was ma- a tricky one. Yeah, I've really. I mean, from he- Heslop to Newbs, I've really not done you any <laughs> favors there. He, no, that, he played that, in the Premier um, League for Liverpool. He made one appearance. Yeah. That that's thrown me, Rich. To be honest, uh, I'm, I'm going to hold my hands up and say my memory, uh, my memory of him is is almost non-existent. I mean, my memory is pretty rubbish anyway for these kind of things. And I'm not going to lie that I didn't really remember who he was at all either. But 
I did research before I did you, the feature. You've done your so research. I ain't um, gonna pretend to be some encyclopedia who knows all no, this crap. No, but you know what? There but... are there are those fans that are just you know that have these kind of amazing memories and can just pull out random goals and random players um, and moments. My memory's always been pretty naff, and so you know I can recollect those with goal with videos and and reading up on it. But yeah, there was no way. I'm really disappointed now that it wasn't Frank Sinclair. I got a Frank Sinclair shout. It'll be it'll be coming to a a blast from the race course past to you soon, don't you? <laughs> yeah, worry. soon. Well, you know, Rich, it's been a it's been a hell of a week, and now we're not going to get a game at the weekend. It feels odd. I think we've we need a, I think we need a week off just to calm down. You know, we do. I, mean, I think we need to. It's been a lot. You know, I just want to say thanks again for all the support on the pod because, you know, it was something that me and Rich had spoken about. We managed to get it out there. There's a lot of feel good. Um, kind of atmosphere around the club at the minute um you know there's lots going on lots of lots of content out there for fans um and it's the golden era isn't it both on and off the the pitch you know this is just fun we've got to embrace this this time of year as well uh it's just it's it's one of the best times of year because we're heading into the oh is one other one for your business uh, for the bingo card even the business end of the season um and you know i'm looking ahead now and i'm thinking if fans are back you know can we get there for dagenham away can we can we get there if there's a playoff? I don't know. You know, I'm running before we're walking. Oh, Wembley test event. Oh, you know, God. come on. These these are this is what it's all about. We're following the town. Like we can't enjoy brawls at the racecourse. You know what? Can, on a Tuesday night, what can we enjoy? We're going to have to start some when we get back, aren't we? We'll yeah. Make we'll it for just, time. Uh, so yeah, no, it's been it's been good. We need a week off. We can go our separate ways, Rich, and, and kind of recalibrate ourselves and get a break from one another. And then we'll come back, and we've got we've got who is it now after that? Bromley, yeah. Bromley at home, Bromley at the race course. But no matter what happens, we'll always have Chislovich, and you we can too. We will always have Chislovich. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rob Please Ryan listen Red. to that. It's great. Please listen to that. It's a great, it's a great episode, and hopefully some guests to come. Do let us know, as Rich said, who you would like to listen to. I know Chislovich said we should get Marvin Andrews on. I think that'd be a great shout. I've got a list of players and kind of club figures that I'd love to get on, but I'm sure you have great suggestions. Uh, like Blast on the Race Course Pass, loads of those kind of players would be really interesting to to grill on their Wrexham career and, and give them a platform. But that's what I felt like was good with Chisovich as a final note, Rich, that he was able to just kind of explore a lot of different topics. You know, Yeah, depth. he spoke freely and sort of brought things up we weren't asking ourselves and... Yeah, he, like the fact that he was happy to do the interview himself indicates you know he, he had maybe some things to talk about, but he bloody loved his time at the club. He wishes he could change the way he left, but you know he, he's a credit to his club and it's a privilege to say we watched him play. He's an exciting winger, loved watching him. He used to get bums off seats, and you know fans loved him. And I think a lot of fans might have changed their per- perception of him if you listen to that interview because he's a real honest talker, and you know he knows he's not entirely blameless in in the situation, but. It was a bloody good listen. And if you already listened to it, listen to it again. Share it with a friend. Do whatever you can do. We really do appreciate the support. Rob Ryan Red on Twitter. Rob Ryan Red on every uh, podcast platform as well. So uh, thank you very much for all the support. Nave, thank you very much for joining us again. Thanks so much, Rich. Yeah, thank you, like we said, once again for listening. Please do leave a like and subscribe. Leave a rating, a review, whatever you can do. Just please help spread the word. Any feedback, always appreciated as well. I'm getting delirious now. I'm <laughs> tripping over my words. It's been a... <laughs> Hell of a week, but uh, let's wrap it up. Let's, yeah, wrap, let's wrap it up. up. Thank you so much. There you go. See ya. Goodbye. Nosta. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. 
Your mate's already got butt for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.